Friends, as we turn our attention once more to God's word, uh, let us pray together. Lord, we thank you on this night as we gather here in this space, which is represented by many spaces across this community and many disciples who have come to hear from you once more, to experience your Spirit's renewal in our lives, to remember what Jesus did for us, what you, God, have accomplished for us in Christ. And so now as we gather here by your invitation to this word, as we ponder this in our hearts and our minds, we pray, Lord, that you would stir our imagination, that you would open our hearts, that you'd help us to understand what it is that you are saying to us, your creation, but much more, your beloved. Help us to hear those things that we might offer lives of grateful faithfulness to you, expression of praise in all that we do. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture reading this evening comes from John's gospel. It's John chapter 13, beginning in verse 1 and reading through verse 17. And then picking the story back up in verse 31, partway through that verse, and reading through verse 35. So hear God's word. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from the world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper... Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus answered, You do not know now, what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, one who is bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean and you are clean though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had returned to the table, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, 
you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want to start our time in pondering and considering uh, this word by offering the following important dates in history. April 15th. 1452. That was the day that Leonardo da Vinci was born. Or how about July 4th, 1776? I think we all know what happened, at least for this country. The Declaration of Independence uh, is approved. June 20th, 1782. The bald eagle is chosen as our nation's official emblem. Or how about September 8th, 1921? Who could forget September 8th, 1921? That was the first Miss America being crowned. But to be fair, it was originally called the Golden Mermaid, 1921. And I think we're glad they changed the name. May 22nd, 1980. May 22nd, 1980. That was the day that the video game Pac-Man debuted. Significant dates, all of them significant events in one way or another, All of them occurred on a Thursday, every single one of them. But as significant as these are, the Thursday that we commemorate today, the Thursday that we're remembering this night when Jesus and his disciples share one last meal together before he is arrested, before his execution, is far more significant than all of those events. Scripture tells us that on that night, Jesus got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin. And so we see this picture of Jesus who begins to wash his disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was tied around him. I know many of us are, have been part of events where people have to recreate this. They decide they're going to wash the feet of other folks. I remember in camping ministry, that was a popular thing. But to look back at the time that this is happening, back in the first century, this is a surprising move for this to happen. It's not because the feet of the dinner guests hadn't already been washed. They'd already been washed earlier. It's not because the host of the meal gets up mid-meal. There's occasion in which Jesus or any other host might have occasion to get up from the meal. No, when Jesus positions himself as a foot washer, as we see here, he's literally going to disrupt and even shatter every cultural understanding of hierarchy that exists in that room in the minds of every single person in attendance. Masters do not wash the feet of guests. Rabbis do not wash the feet of disciples. That role of washing feet is left to servants. It's left to slaves. It's the menial work of an unfortunate lot. But this is precisely what Jesus does at this very moment. There's an old expression that dates back to the 17th century. You've probably heard this before. It's an expression that's based off of what were popular table games. If you're wondering what a table game is, uh, in our own time, the game backgammon would be one of these types of games that were called table games. And the phrase is this, to turn the tables. What we might say, the reversing of one's current position for the purpose of turning a position of disadvantage into a position of advantage. Jesus here in this text turns the tables. 
but he does so in the wrong direction. He does it all wrong. Jesus missed it. He missed what table games are trying to do. He doesn't turn it to his own advantage, but rather he moves towards disadvantage. And this seeming mistake is not lost on Peter, who protests, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? In the Greek language of the New Testament, the most emphatic positions in a sentence are the first and the last words. So it's important to pay close attention to what those words are. And so in the construction of Peter's protest, Lord and feet make up the first and the last words respectively in the original Greek sentence. And then the pronouns you and my are positioned directly adjacent to one another. And that location of each word gives us a sense of the tone that's used here. Peter's not asking a question of mild curiosity. He's not wondering what Jesus is up to, but rather he's questioning with the greatest level of alarm that's possible and which is, according to this day and age, as I said already, appropriate to Jesus' present action. In Peter's day again, a disciple would do almost anything a slave would do for their master, except they would not deal with the master's feet. This kind of work was considered too demeaning for a free person, which is why it was relegated to slaves, like you said. So how could Jesus, who is not the student in this relationship, but rather is the master, how could he even think of stooping to such a level? How could Jesus be so careless in his actions at that moment? Well, Jesus explains. It says in verse 7, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. You're right, Jesus. <laughs> we don't know what you're doing. <laughs> no one in the room knows what you're doing. Because what you're doing, you're not supposed to be doing. No one has any idea what Jesus is doing at this moment. And ancient literature doesn't help us at all on this front. We don't have a parallel to this one. We don't have a story of a superior person or one in a superior status voluntarily washing the feet of someone who is inferior. So Peter is at a complete loss, and that is completely understandable for his time and for our time as well. But for the post-resurrection gospel writer here, and of course, for us now, the readers, what Jesus is doing is not altogether unexpected. If you go back a few chapters earlier in John chapter 10, you'll see that Jesus identifies himself as the good shepherd. If you're familiar with John's gospel, you're, you're familiar with that particular title. And when you read carefully in that text, you'll notice a clue of what Jesus is up to in our text in John 13 from John chapter 10. And it's outlined amidst this section about the shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Note what it says in John 10, verse 17. I lay down my life in order to take it up again. There's two verbs used here, and they convey the idea of laying down and taking up. And though it's obscured in our translation of John 13 that we read earlier, the same two verbs... The exact same two verbs from John chapter 10 are given 
in the same exact order that we read in John 13, verse 4. Jesus lays down his outer clothing and takes, we have takes the towel, but the verb takes up the towel, he ties around his waist. I had a friend who used to do this when something like that was revealed. They'd go, they make a little clicking sound, like, and they'd point at you and kind of wink. This is one of those moments. The gospel writer's winking at us, winking at us, the readers, to say, Jesus here isn't just washing feet. Jesus is signaling once again that he is preparing to lay his life down for the sheep. What Jesus was talking about in chapter 10 is now reminded to us in a little wink of the eye in chapter 13. Peter's protest, of course, is checked with Jesus explaining, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. And John Calvin here, the reformer, will observe that as Christ is Lord and Master, Peter thinks it's inconsistent that Christ should wash his feet. But the evil is, what in refusing such a service, he rejects the principal part of his own salvation. How often our understanding of the way things are keeps us from seeing the way things are. How often that happens. How true that is in our lives. So what's Jesus up to? It's clear here that amidst varying degrees of ignorance of Jesus' disciples, that Jesus still washes their feet. When Jesus' followers have trouble to see the one that Paul will describe later in Philippians chapter 2 as having made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, Jesus still washes feet. And even when we finally come to realize that the tables have in fact turned, but not in the way we ever expected or perhaps are even all that comfortable with. Advantage exchanged for disadvantage. Jesus still washes feet. He's not deterred. He continues to take the steps of a servant on behalf of the world he loves, on behalf of his beloved disciples. But not Jesus only. Not only Jesus the same group that Jesus calls to follow, disciples then, disciples now, we're also to follow his lead. It says in verse 34, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. It goes on to say in verse 35, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples. In case you missed it the first time, let me say again, if you have love for one another. Maundy Thursday, a day that draws its name from that Latin mandatum, commandment. We're to love one another. That's Jesus' instruction to us. But we're not to do it in a way or to a degree that's of our own choosing. We're not to be limited by what's convenient and what's not. But instead, this new command is to be enacted in Jesus' style. Put a little hyphen there, Jesus' style as expansive as God's own love. If the imagery of our Lord's humility with towel and basin do not stir your own imagination to the length and to the depth of that love, behold the cross. Behold the cross. In our own culture that so prizes upward mobility, Jesus calls us to a countercultural response. 
calls us to be downwardly mobile as we serve one another. An early Christian writer named Paul would give an example of what this could look like in a community like our own. Paul writes this in Philippians chapter 2 and verses 3 and 4. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interest of others. So recipients of God's love, who now see and will be reminded of the contours in which that love is defined expression in our own lives. And as we gather tonight at that table, a table that indeed is no table game, we would exchange our advantage for disadvantage. We're to turn it in. We're to hand over whatever outfits we've adorned ourselves with and take on the mantle of a foot washer. We're to allow Jesus to wash us each one of us. And as Jesus does, we'll come to recognize that you and me are not merely just siblings in Christ, but we're also called to be servants as well. May it be so. Amen. Friends, let us pray. Lord, we thank you on this night once more for your great love and for your great example Thank you, Lord, that your love was not just some kind of lip service, but rather it was demonstrated that God's love is demonstrated in the giving of the Son, Jesus Christ. Christ demonstrated that great love of God to us in that while we are sinners, Christ died for us. And so, Lord, as we turn our own attentions and our own hearts now from this word and move to table, may we experience your grace once more. Grace to save, but grace also to empower us to serve. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.